and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller are here for the next couple of hours. Uh, to talk some sports with you. Thanks for spending some time with us here this morning. Certainly appreciate that. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Well, it looks like this. Uh, we will start off uh, one and only guest in the first hour of the program. Chris Williams will join us. He's back from Dallas. Uh, he will give us uh, the latest, get his thoughts, what he saw, uh, what uh, has perhaps changed his opinion as far as uh, on Iowa State's chances, on some of the other schools' chances, um, some of the nuggets he picked up. Look forward to picking Chris's brain at the bottom of the hour, recapping Big 12 Media Days with him at uh, 1030. We'll go to Vegas at 11.05 with Mike Palm from Circa Sports. Uh, get the lay of the land sports wagering-wise from our buddy at Circa. Uh, Mike Palm, an Iowan Dubuque native, uh, he will join us to kick off the second hour of the program. Tom Cakert on Iowa at 11.00. 25 and then four of you will get a chance to uh, win some barbecue from our friends at Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona claxonbbq.com on the web claxonbbq.com on the web there you'll find the menu some pictures of the place etc the hours of operation Claxon's uh, at about 11:50 or thereabouts this morning a uh, british open is going on dustin johnson had himself a morning mm-hmm. uh, without a doubt Cam Cameron Smith is the leader, though, Trent, as he gets through the first nine holes uh, of his day. He was, what, 25 to 1? He was. We both fired at that one. We did. Got him at 25 to 1, Cameron Smith, and now finds uh, finds himself atop of the leaderboard. Quite a leaderboard it is. Sadly, uh, Tiger Woods will not be part of the weekend as he struggled um, home. What did he finish? Nine over par. The cut line as it stands right now is even par. Uh, to uh, even or better uh, to play on the weekend, which Zach Johnson last check was on the right side of the cut line, but Tiger um, way down at the bottom of the list. Unfortunate, but you just wonder. Zach uh, currently at one under through seven holes, so he's still got a ways to go. Uh, Top 70 is what you're looking for and ties. That is what is going to make the weekend and uh, move on from that. It's been a fun tournament. It's interesting. It's different. It's so dry, Mm -hmm. as we talked about yesterday entertaining your second favorite major no first it's number one yeah this is number one always has more been. than the masters yeah more than the masters always has been that's crazy i know i'm not I'm alone on the i'm not alone on the island um maybe it's my citizenship i don't know yeah i don't um whatever i just love this tournament i just love it always have and um it's it's links golf it's just different right mm-hmm. it's just look augusta's special i'm not yeah. augusta on the second weekend in april that is a pretty special time on the sports calendar but um this, this is numero uno for por moi Two o'clock about it finishes up Sunday. Is that about what it is? Yeah, about that too. Yeah. Somewhere around that, somewhere around that time, and um, I think that's one of the reasons. Although I do, I mean, I love the U.S. Open when it's on the West Coast. Yes, you know those late nights are not nine o'clock, but mm-hmm. nine, uh, uh, pretty late when you consider, um, you know, the tournaments wrapping up our time nine o'clock. So, anyways, it, it's a great leaderboard. You know, it's it's becoming very clear that the PGA is. Um, I don't know if fear is the right word, 
But Liv has clearly got their attention. I saw, I read a report this morning that the entities, the U.S. Open, the PGA, the Masters, and the RNA, um, the British Open, are going to bar Liv participants from the majors starting next year. What does that do to the golfers that are on that tour? Not the Phil Mickelson's, not the guys late in the right. career. Oh, the Mickelson won a couple of years ago. <laughs> but the late, the I the get young your guys. point. You know, like a Brooks Kepka, yes. or a Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin who, Johnson, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's one shot yeah. off the lead here. Uh, yeah, so so he's clearly still got the game to get it done. They, they cash the checks. Um, I, I think this is a a bad look out of the PGA. Personally, mm-hmm. I thought it was a. I thought they added more fuel to the to oxygen to the story uh, at the beginning of the week with the whole Greg Norman not inviting him to the Champions Dinner and the Legends Dinner that was held in uh, on on the same week with the 150th Open. Uh, they celebrate their history over there, and Greg Norman is a part of it, whether you want him to be or yes. not. When you run down the list of of champions, there's his name twice, um, and we know that you know he was barred from participating in the tournament and participating in some of the uh, surrounding events but then when you see this this morning the pga is um they don't have an answer for this they are fearful that this that they're uh the group that have gone over not the last to go over when you're working against an entity that has a bottomless pit of money that's just it what ultimately can you do i think that i think that they found it i think they found it this is the one thing that you have, uh-huh. and there's been a lot of talk about the world golf rankings and how that's also going mm-hmm. to play in. This is not a 72-hole event, and because of that, you know, I, was it Tiger that was talking about the competition part of it? I, I yes, think it, it was. was. And you know what? For, and he's never said uh, um, a cross, not a cross word, taking a stance on something ever. Yeah, he's it's all very about, vanilla. Yeah, vanilla he, yeah, right, yeah. it's about te- protecting his brand. Mm-hmm. And it's a very successful brand. Like Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy shoes too. Precisely. Yeah. Right? Excellent, excellent point. Uh, and Tiger's always been that way. But this week, this week, he came out and, and mentioned the competition. You know, you don't even have to practice. You've already cashed those checks. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, work on your craft. You go over there, you finish in the middle of the pack, you get as much money, or not quite as much, but certainly for a top five finish on any weekend of the PGA tour, you've got that, uh, that guarantee. Um, these guys took the money and ran, okay, so they did. To each their own. But it's an exhibition. But it is. It's 54 holes. It's 54 holes. Right. It's, it's not what, Golf is. If there was some new entity that came in and they were playing football and they were doing it and they're paying all these guys and they only play three quarters, right? Okay, it's not football, right? No, I don't. I don't. Th- I can't think of another. Going to play basketball, but we're going to play the nine foot hoop. Sure. It just if there is something to challenge it, I think it has to be an individual pursuit. I, I don't. Th- I don't see a team event that would. Um, We've seen the XFL come and go a million times. (laughs) The WHA in hockey. Has there ever been a Major League Baseball equivalent? I mean, I know the ABA was there before the NBA or or at the same time, and those two merged together. The WHA was folded into the NHL. It has to be an individual pursuit, I think. Mm -hmm. What would it be? There really isn't one. There really isn't one. You know, the USFL, the first iteration, they got stars. They got stars. They spent money. They had people in the stands. Uh Uh-huh. And it quickly fell apart. Mm-hmm. So that was maybe the closest that we've had to this. But yeah, nothing ultimately that is as close. And again, it comes down to the money portion of it. What's the, what's the great line? It all comes down to money. 
I mean, you yeah. have any question and the answer right. is money. Right. That's what this is different. That's why this is different. That's why it's going to continue to get oxygen. But the decision I'm happy for because maybe I'm old man crying yeah. and I don't want to have change and I'm scared of change. Right. I just want to flip it on and it doesn't matter if it's a major or if it's a random golf tournament and there's five good guys on the leaderboard and I'm watching Sunday because it's some of the best players in the world. No, that's, that's what I want. That's not why. Well, and I'm also gambling right. at it. But I did that well before gambling got going. That's true. Yeah. But this certainly adds to your enjoyment yes, on does. a Sunday afternoon. So uh, is, is it the right move? Is, is, is this, if indeed this comes to fruition, and it sounds like there is a huge momentum mm-hmm. behind this, that uh, the, no more British Opens, no more Masters, no more U.S. Opens, and even if you've won and, you're, and you've got mm-hmm. some of this hardware, as we've seen with Greg Norman, who wasn't allowed to play, and what they did to Phil Mickelson and Ian Poulter, you know, these big names, right? If, you're, if you've won a majors, uh, if you're one of the hierarchy of the game of golf, you get pretty good pairings. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. See who they stuck Mickelson with? Two guys I'd never heard of. Have fun, Phil. Right. Yeah. Never heard of, and they made him, uh, they uh, had him, te- did you see any coverage of Mickelson at all? I maybe saw three shots. Did, I'm not sure I saw three. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to do. You could say they're blackballing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they took the money. Yes. And I don't blame them for taking the money. I don't blame it, but there are repercussions, right? There are. And this is that. And yep. I don't, I wonder if they, I wonder if they would have made the decision that they did if indeed they would have known at the time that we will bar you from the majors. Now, can they play in the Ryder Cup? Have we seen that yet? I mean that's a that's a, that was one of the first ones I think that was taken off, I believe because of the yeah I think that was one of the first ones that was. did Zach Johnson if he has a chance to take a live if he is if he has a chance to take Dustin Johnson I don't think he can I don't believe that there I want to say and again there's been so much of this news and it kind of gets cobbled up but mm-hmm. I, I believe that that was one of the first and well because this is kind of a, a country type event mm-hmm. that's pretty easy one right with where this money's coming from to say you know what we're not going to allow these guys to right do it. so no Ryder cup no majors if they would have known that and at the time if you're right trend I, and i think i i, I do kind of recall what you um what, what you saw if they would have known they couldn't play in the majors would they have made that decision would they have cashed that check? Not eligible for captain's picks. This is uh, from back June 29th. So Zach Johnson will not be able to pick them for mm. his captain picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, real quick. Mike, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Mike? Well, I'm totally against Greg Norman. He's just become a grumpy old man. He mm-hmm. wanted to do this back in the 90s when he was a player. He, did. he made a fortune off of playing professional golf. He uh, had a clothing brand. He good and but he could never could undo the PGA organization and now he's taken a bunch of has beens yeah. taken money for the most part blood, for the most part and yeah and, yeah. and taken money from blood people who yeah, I agree have no interest have no interest in donating to charity donating to the first tee for underprivileged kids to make golf a better game they have a self-interest in themselves only yeah and their the image fact that now they're going to cry blood mm-hmm. because we can't play on the PGA tour you made your own bed, yeah. you sleep in it, and Greg Norman is a piece of crap. <laughs> Don't hold back, Mike. Appreciate the call. Thank, Thank, you, Thank you. Appreciate you listening. Uh, yeah, but he's got a bad reputation. Did you know his reputation was as soiled as it was? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember he was a very unliked figure, and uh-huh. 
when Mike said that, I absolutely remember. He, I remember the clothing line. I mean, I think he yes. did very well with that, did I'm he sure not? sure he did, yeah. It, but a very rogue guy. I mean, mm-hmm. did it a different way, wasn't beloved, and then the collapses. There were many people that were happy to see those collapses. Didn't he marry Chris Everett? Sounds right. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. I think they were married for a while. But it was their second, or it was... Deeper into their lives, right? Yeah, I mean, no, not right. They weren't yeah, as young, precisely. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think. I don't think that uh, they have. Well, I don't know, uh, but I'm pretty sure that they were. Um, they were married at some point. Well, anyways, that's the latest. We'll see. We shall see if indeed you know an announcement comes out as we're at the end of the majors. Boy, they uh, do you like the calendar? I love it. I mean, the PGA seemingly got lost. Look, let's let's be very transparent as we always are. Mm-hmm. The gap from the Masters to the U.S. Open for what we do, there was a, there was a gap in that calendar, right? Yeah, there was. We look forward to big events. And parking the PGA in May, kind of the beginning of the doldrums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's golf. It's I mean, I'm not sure it's a an appointment listening to listen to guys talk about golf on the radio. If you play golf, if you follow golf, and if two people talking about golf watch the golf, yeah, I think it, I, I think it's good radio. Um, but the fact that it used to be in August, it's football, man. It's preseason games. You're getting fired up. It's yes. the last. The last maybe weekend right. or two that you have of the summer. You're getting coordinators with uh, with Iowa and Iowa State to come talk about the team, the mm-hmm. Big Ten Networks. We've moved on from golf. We have. And they plugged it in there, and it'd be in Tulsa, and it'd be 120 uh-huh. degrees, and it just always it, it felt miserable. Yeah. And here in the calendar, it well, the works reason, a Well, there's lot a better. reason they called it the redheaded stepchild. And it was, and it wasn't even close. It and, wasn't. And the field was incredible, mm-hmm. but that didn't matter. Because it just it didn't fit. It fits a whole lot better there. Way better. And if you're a huge golf fan, there's still tournaments, and you got the playoffs starting up, and you got things that if you're a golf fan, you're still interested in. But the casual fan, mm-hmm. the even somebody like you that really does enjoy watching golf, you're done, and you're not alone in that realm. So I get it. Ryder Cup, again, it's during football season. Right. It doesn't exactly fit, but it's something, and it's something a little bit different that some people jump aboard. But with that, with the PGA, yeah, I think they set it up perfectly here. It's the right way to do it. It's the right way to build a schedule. Because you're right, that gap oh, was terrible like forever from the Second weekend the in April to Father's Day? Yes. It's a long, long and one. And then where... it seemingly was every other week they were having one. Well, yes. not quite, but you get my point. It was really tight together. Uh-huh. This is this is a way better calendar, way better. Boy, Cameron Smith's having around. He's eleven under right now. Yeah. You know this this guy, this kid, young. Got to give him credit. The yesterday's leader, he's hanging right in there. And he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's bounced back after that slow start today. He's up there, as you mentioned, DJ in the clubhouse at nine under. But Cam Smith now eleven mm-hmm. under. He is just draining from all over the place, and that's always been the talk with Cam Smith. Him with the putter is as good as you're going to find. I mean, he is incredibly good with that one. He's putted well on Lynx-style courses in the past. So he's a guy. It's going to be tough. I said when I saw that 271.5 number, that means you got to be 18 mm-hmm. to hit the under, if you will, if you right. bet that. And everything I read, 18, 19, 20 under could win this. Cam Smith continues like this. Well, he's 11 under right now. <laughs> and he's still got a lot of golf in front well, of him He just today. made the turn. Yeah, he just made the turn. Uh, 93% of the money bet, apparently, well, I think that the consensus is upper 80s, low 90s. Uh, money um, 
on the Tiger Woods, will he or won't he make the prop, was yes. Yeah. I fell into the trap, too. And there's a lot of books that uh, that uh, this will certainly help their weekend. Uh, also, there was a, I'm guessing there was a lot. Of, and I, I'm, one of the questions for Mike Palm, obviously, is how much money did Circa take on him to win the tournament, for crying out loud? Free money for the book, all of a it's, sudden. It seemed like a gift, right? Well, it, and there were some of the larger books that had them like 60 to 1. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not true odds when you look at it, but right. in a prize pool where everyone's throwing that money in on Tiger, ah, I'm going to take a flyer. Right. I'm going to throw 20 bucks on him. Yeah, Might be the last time he's ever played in St. Andrews. Right. You're going to do that. The, the magic's going to, we're going to, he's going to find it one more time. And you accumulate all that money. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, that's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, we'll talk to Mike a little bit later, see the golfers, talk to him Wednesday on our TV show, see who they're rooting against going into the weekend and uh, get ready for should be a run, fun, fun tournament going forward. But baseball last night was not fun for me. Trent, I got. I'm glad you brought it up and made the segue to it because I was, uh, I was, I was on the Twins and the White Sox. Um, I watched a lot of the till the game got out of hand. Sonny mm-hmm. Gray did not have it. Why, Johnny Cueto, man, give this guy credit. I thought he was done. I think a lot of people thought he was done. So let's go to the play at the um, was it the end of the second inning? I think it was the end of the second inning. Uh, fly ball to the outfield. Mm-hmm. Pollock fields the ball in in left. Urshela's tags on third, and it's not like he was in shallow left. He was about you know midway between. It was going to take a perfect throw to cut him down at the plate, and it was a perfect throw. But I'm listening to Benetti and Stone, and they were almost not chuckling, laughing, but couldn't believe that Rocco Baldelli and the Twins didn't challenge what clearly looked like the runner got in there before the tag. Yeah. So they talk about that. They show the replay. I don't know. It was a long one. It was a long replay, and um, no, ch- they didn't. And Baldali never challenged the play, so they went to commercial. So they go to commercial. I wanted to see what the Twins broadcasters were saying. Mm-hmm. So I flipped over to six sixty nine uh, when they came out of break, and they were saying the same thing. That makes the score two two at that time. Did it make a difference? Would it have made a difference in that baseball game? Look, the game got out of hand. Sunny Gray was not good. It was terrible. He was not good. Uh, and he'd been okay, fair? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it just seemed like that was a huge momentum play. Here's the call last night from TV. Not sure which broadcast. I believe this is. Oh, we'll hear. 1-1. One, one. In the air left field. A.J. Pollock. Urshela at third tags. Throw coming to the plate, and he is out at the dish. They're going to want them to look at that again. Right away. Right away. Real time, I thought he got in. Benetti, right away. a heck of an effort from A.J. Pollock. It was a great throw, and one of the things you really like is that Jeffers was also tagging up at first. He was going to second when he read the arc of this throw. The question is, the legs of Urshela against the arm of Pollock. To me, I think the leg is in there, but apparently he got him on the leg before the before the the, the score. Because this is a terrific throw. Watch it again. I think he's in there. He is. I mean, as, as they watch it again, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer that he's safe. So why wouldn't you challenge that? Is it because it's early? It's That's, the second end? That was more nose take. Yeah. When I when I flipped over there. 
But it's a run. You still, but you have a runner on second still with two mm-hmm. outs. You still have an opportunity to score that right. run with the base hit. And I guess that's the theory, the reasoning behind it of, of what Rocco was thinking. But you're right, it's a run. It ties it up, changes momentum a yes. little bit. The White Sox got off to a roaring start in the first inning, mm-hmm. and he held them to just two. You felt. We survived. Well, in the first inning, too. I mean, they caught a huge break. The <laughs> ball is, bounces off the base for yeah. second base for crying out loud. But you survive. It's 2 nothing. You have a chance to make it 2-2 uh-huh. there. Surprising. I was shocked. Be- I, I because was Sonny Gray didn't have it, maybe it was oh. Rocco saying, hey, we're not going to win this game 3-2. If we're going to win it, we're probably going to have to win it 8-7. Let's save our challenge because we're going to need it later. Mm-hmm. That'd be the justification. I probably would have done it a different way. I know I would have. I, I think I would have challenged that thing. Anyways, game got away from That's a big win for the White Sox. Nick Gordon came series. in like his old dad, Flash <laughs> yeah. Gordon, and yeah. uh, not quite as good as the old man on the pitching bump. No, the old man was good, wasn't he? Yes, How long he did he pitch for? Oh, 15 years? Had to have. Boston, Kansas City. Oh, he's everywhere. Yes. Hey, speaking of Kansas City, how about the Royals? What a story. What I mean, I look at I'm a Jays fan, but I found myself rooting for the Royals at the end to find a way to win that game. This is what sports is all about, right? This is a Look, and I think they're going to get swept the rest of the series. I think they got their win in this one. But without 10 guys, they were a huge underdog last night, came to the clubhouse in, with, with those name tags on, hi, my name is, yes. because there was all of these dudes that had been called up from Omaha. One of them, Nick Eaton, hit a massive home run to make it 3-1. I love the interview at the end of the game with Joel Goldberg. Um, but, I mean, they, they had no business winning this game, and yet here they are. The Blue Jays were minus 450. Did it get that high? Minus 450 was the closing line last night, at least a, a spot that I'm looking at right now. One, in a baseball in a game. Baseball game. Right. It's in football. Uh-huh. It's in basketball. This isn't Iowa against Maryland Eastern Shore. This isn't Northeast Louisiana coming right. into Hilton. This is a Major League Baseball game, <laughs> minus 450. An unthinkable number. It was. And that's baseball. And that's baseball. This wasn't a fluke. This wasn't a fluke. I, I, I was. Um, I got a chuckle out of that one. Just seeing how it came together. So interesting uh, article I was reading last night as the Royals become part of the kind of national conversation with the ten guys that aren't going to be able to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And as this pertains to the trade deadline, yeah, Benet- with uh, Beten- Ben Attendi. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are. First of all, can I just stop you for a second? Sure. This isn't a Canada thing. If you're if you if you're Canadian, we can't come to the states. Yeah, right. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. Now, if you're a Latin player and you live in the United States, you can travel freely because you were here before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But you can't get into Canada. Or if you're a Latin player and you live in Canada, you can't get into this. This is all around the world. Yes. So I, I I do get a little pissed off. Yeah, I'll be I honest. know. I know. You're Canadian. I am. Yes, right. Yes, it's yes. not. A, it's it's a worldwide. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's the rule. But you don't like Canada being thrown under I the don't. Bones. I but don't. Yeah, I get that. I understand. I'm, yeah, I'm very, I still have a lot of pride in yes. my country. My old man would be very proud of his oldest boy. Well, this part of it, though, the trade deadline. Rest his soul. August 2nd. Uh-huh. Toronto still very much in the mix for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think so. And they need some help. They yes. might need another starting pitching. They do need another starting pitcher. Especially as the injuries continue to pile up mm-hmm. and the struggles that a couple of those guys have had. Well, now they have to look at... What is their vaccine? Because every Blue Jay currently has it. Right. That's a part of it. We don't know how deep this is, and, and there's teams that obviously have not gone to Toronto they this couldn't, year. They couldn't have signed free agents that didn't have it in the Absolutely. offseason. So you have that portion of it, but also teams realizing and looking, hey, we're a playoff team, we're a contender, we're going to make a move, and we might play the Blue Jays. 
in the playoffs. Uh-huh. What is their vaccination status? Just how important suddenly that is going to be in these conversations with these teams as they're going through, figuring out what is your status, what's your vaccination status? Because if we have to play the Blue Jays and you can't be a part of it when we go up to Toronto, that could be a really, really it, big problem. It is. Did you hear Dayton Moore, by the way? Mm-mm. One of the uh, one of the Royals. It's it, um, it was Whit Merrifield. Oh yes, Whit yeah. Merrifield. He, very, very opinionated. Very, uh, and is unvaccinated. That's his choice. I get it. But subsequent to him not going to Toronto, he was asked about the trade deadline, and would he get it if he was traded to an American League East team? Oh, intriguing. Okay, and he said that yes, I would have to reevaluate things, but I'm I would certainly consider it. That pissed off Dayton Moore. And it should. It should. And Dayton Moore went on radio in Kansas City. What's his name? Petro? Yeah. The Petro show? uh, Saran Petro? Is that what it is? I think so. I used to do a show a couple of times. Um, Yeah, and and he said as much uh, uh, publicly, called out one of his guys for his comments about, you know, if I'm traded, I'll do things differently than I'm doing things with the team that I'm currently Ah, paying my salary. That's what upset him. That's what upset him, absolutely. We'll take a break. Let's see if we can put some money in somebody's pocket. Chris Williams, by the way, coming up. Cyclone fanatic. He'll recap recap his uh, Big 12 media days that he just spent the last couple of days in Dallas. Look forward to that from Chris. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. You can enter this nationwide contest by simply entering the keyword credit. Credit at KXNO.com. The pop-up box appears. Enter credit. Your chance to win another $1,000. And we've got another opportunity coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Tom Flash Gordon played 21 seasons. No, he didn't. Is that like played that long? He made his debut in 1988 as a 20-year-old and then pitched all the way wow. through 41 years old. With the Arizona Are you on baseball reference? I am, yeah. Go down, scroll down, and see how much money he made. Okay. It's right toward the bottom of uh, of all the players on baseball reference. The, you get his transactions, and right after that, the uh, the breakdown of his yearly salary shows up. Uh, salary transactions. Okay, there it is. In 21 years, yeah. Flash Gordon made $55.9 million. That sounds it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. What does Flash Gordon make if he was born tw- if his birth date was twenty years later? Uh, Five hundred and fifty-five million dollars. What was his biggest? What was his biggest year? And with whom? He made seven million dollars with the Phillies. He signed a three-year deal after being with the Yankees. Thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and forty seasons made four point five seven, and then five point five. Mm. Not too shabby. No, indeed it isn't. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Chris Williams will join us. Miller and Condon underway on a Friday. Again, the keyword is credit. Credit at KXNO.com. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. near you. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Oh, we missed a huge opportunity, and I love Eric Clapton and cocaine. Yeah, the song Cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) You know what we should have played? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You mm-hmm. follow Chris on Twitter. I do. We should have played Karen Carpenter. Oh, <laughs> I meant to say that. Too yes, I, I, I completely forgot uh, about Chris. And well, a I wonder if Chris even knows who Eric Clapton is. I well, let's find out. Hello, Chris Williams. We missed an opportunity, yeah. brother. How are you? If you would have played Karen Carpenter, I wouldn't have even known. <laughs> I wouldn't have even been in on the joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild that you didn't. I'm great. I have heard of Eric Clapton. I know Eric Clapton. Yeah, absolutely. There, there you go. Hey, uh, thank you for doing this for us. I know that you're in the midst of, uh, if you haven't left, you're about to, so head to, uh, do some family stuff. Uh, so thank you for taking time. Uh, Chris, uh, was it? You, you've been to a lot of Big 12 media days. Did this one feel any different with the, I guess, the surrounding realignment buzz and seemingly that the Big 12 was, you know, uh, uh, a hunter and not the hunted this time around? Did it feel different? Yeah, it did. It was considerably different. Um you know, like, like I'm not. You can't be naive and be like, "Oh, well." Like clearly, like the league would be in better financial shape with Texas and Oklahoma. But so I, I, I was thinking about this on my flight home, and every the whole vibe felt different. Like the, I've never believed it when anybody at that conference was, told me, and they said this a lot. Like, oh yeah, we're very unified. You know, we're all on the same page, and it's always kind of been, yeah. You think that, but you you knew that there were you know just some lava bubbling beneath the surface. But it's really it it's not like that now. I I think that the one advantage that this league has over the Pac-12 and the ACC is everybody's been rejected. Everybody's been told they suck. They know that they're best chance to survive in this new world of college athletics is together as a whole. Now, does that mean if the Big Ten called Kansas or Iowa State, they wouldn't go? Absolutely not. But what? why would the Big Ten do that? They could have had any of those schools by now if they mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, and, and I really believe that the television money is going to be very competitive for this league going forward. And I don't think, like, think about, like, if you're CBS. That's the one I keep hearing a lot about with the Big 12. You can't afford the SEC. You've already lost them. You're not a player in the Big 10. The ACC is locked up to 2036, and you don't want any piece of this new Pac-12. You've got one option. Yeah. And, you know, it's, is it the Big 10 and the SEC? The product? No, it's actually a pretty fun little football league, and... I, I think that I think you're going to see Amazon have a piece of the Big Ten. I think Amazon's going to have a piece of the Big Twelve. I, I think that there's demand for this product out there, and the Big Twelve, in my opinion, because of that, you know, that unity, and I, I think a lot of that unity comes from, you know, decades of being rejected. Uh, I think they they put themselves in an advantageous spot going forward. A great chance to be the third league. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And though these teams maybe don't have what the SEC and Big Ten are looking for, that's okay. And there's more than likely going to still be access. The ultimate end game that I believe is going to come maybe at some point, SEC, Big Ten, and that's it. That's still way, way down the line. In the interim, if this turns into a 12-team playoff, and it's not just about getting your champion in, there's a real opportunity year after year 
that the Big 12 will be able to get multiple teams in a 12-team field, that's a huge. And all of a sudden, that momentum builds, and Oklahoma State goes from a nice program to a program that there is there, you know, three out of every seven years, something like that, and they build themselves up. The opportunity is there for these programs to build themselves up in that structure. How important is access, though, in your mind? And with it, you know, the talk was maybe six teams, six automatic qualifiers out of conference championships. How much should the Big 12 push for that to make sure at minimum, even in a year where hey, our champion, everybody beat each other up and they went 10-3, and three, you still get a bid as one of the conference champions? Yeah, I think that you're nailing it. And if you have that seat at the table, you absolutely have to push for the automatic qualifier. But, like, I, I'm with you. Like, and, and maybe... Maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive here. Maybe I'm being a homer, and you guys. It just doesn't feel to me like the Big Ten and the SEC are going to do the breakaway thing yet. Yet, I, I mean, I don't think they want the smoke that will come with you know anti-competitive lawsuits. Um, then they're going to have to basically pay their players, which is a whole different deal. I I think. I think it does the Big Ten and the SEC good for cover. Like, at some point, like, if you're making $150 million a year from television revenue, don't you, aren't you no longer tax exempt? Like, there's all this stuff. And if you break away and you're like, we're strictly for profit now and all this stuff that, that changes their business model. And I, I think what they'll do, Trent, is I think that the Big Ten and the SEC will absolutely stack the deck. Maybe it's of you guys, maybe that's a power four now, and everybody gets an automatic qualifier, but then we're going to have the rest of the at-larges, and at that point, like, they're still they're still making way more money than everyone, and you avoid the smoke of anti-competitive stuff. So, like, that's how I think this will play out. Like, I, I don't think it does anybody any good. Like, ESPN's a part of this. Fox is a part of this. They want, you know, ESPN wants to have you know, games going on at 11 o'clock at night, right? Like, they, they want that. Like, this, this isn't a deal where they want to kill off the rest of the sport. They need that inventory. So, yeah, like, it, I love it for Iowa State, like, the way this sets up, because, like, in the current model, like, with the four teams, they're never, like, I mean, you know, maybe last year you you had a shot to – make a playoff we thought going into it right top 10 and it, and it obviously didn't work out but nobody really thought that right like nobody really thought Iowa State would play in a playoff Matt Campbell stays and he, he's the second most tenured coach in the league now and you look Jeez. at the setup of it like is it crazy that Iowa State could sneak out and, and, and win a big 12 in the future league and get that automatic qualifier I don't think so nope. but I, I, I like it. I, I think it sets up better. Again, like I told you guys this a couple weeks ago, there's there's two ways of looking at this. Trying to keep up with the Big Ten and the SEC, and I'm here to tell you that's not realistic for this league. But what you can do is be the most fun league that sits there third with access to the playoff. And like that's not a terrible consolation prize for me. And from an Iowa State standpoint, I'm kind of talking myself into the fact that it may be better for your program long term. You're going to be able to win more, and you've actually got a chance to play 
you know, at the top level of the sport. Right now, I just don't think it's realistic. Chris Williams, Cyclone Fanatic, and uh, here's uh, KXNO is our guest here, Miller and Condon, 106.3 uh, KXNO. Uh, one, one more uh, before we get to the uh, nuts and bolts of the roster, as I know that uh, Campbell was very effusive in his praise for a number of guys uh, on there. I want to pick your brain on that. But just your take on, uh, you know, me being in the same room with Brett Yormack for the first time, getting an opportunity to ask a question or two. Your thoughts on the uh, on the incoming commissioner? I loved him. I listen. The he's just kind of the opposite of what Bob Bowlesby. Not criticizing Bob Bowlesby. I think he did a fine job, like a, with the deck that he was given. But I mean, this guy kind of is like a shark. You know, he's he's kind mm-hmm. of a he's kind of. Uh, I, I feel like he'd shank his enemy in the dark of night. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here's the thing about him is he doesn't care if he, like, offends people in college athletics. Uh, you know, for the longest time, it was such a good old boys club. Yep. But he's, you know, he's just a new guy. to the. And I, I think that he's out. I mean, he said it pretty well with Texas and Oklahoma. He's like, yeah, I'll work with them. But I'm doing what's best for the Big 12 and nothing else. And I liked it. I He has a background that I'm very interested in. It just so happens that I'm a huge NASCAR fan, and Jay-Z is one of my favorite artists of all time. So I'm very interested in this guy. He did nothing but impress me this weekend, and or this week, and I, I think he's going to be hyper-aggressive here. Based off of everybody I've talked to, the thought is that he was brought into this league to, you know, kind of, this sounds terrible, but he was brought into this league to kill. And I'm... You know that the whole like position of strength thing is what I kept hearing over the weekend. Mm. It, it certainly feels like that right now. From an Iowa State perspective, obviously you know this team incredibly well, relationship, and you you know a lot of the questions that I'm sure the fans have. But what did you walk away learning about this Iowa State team, if anything, going into the football season? Um, I, man, I, I hate to even say this because I could just hear Iowa State fans laughing or mocking me. Campbell really is bullish on his offensive line. Oh, I spent a lot of time here. We go again. Yeah, I know. I know. He uh, he's really he's really bullish on it. And I mean, I mean it, and it kind of makes sense too. I mean, you do forget about they were playing with basically five guards last year when they lost their two tackles early. But Campbell he likes the group. I, I spent a lot of time with um, Xavier Hutchison yesterday. I that, I don't think that it's like just random off-season chatter about opening up the offense a little more. I mean, it just makes sense when you lose all those tight ends. Purdy was, you know, the statistically the best quarterback in school history, but he didn't have a great arm. Now you're, you, you're, you know, you don't have those tight ends. And X was telling me, he's like, you know, Hunter can throw it 70 yards. <laughs> now, like, it, it, you just put two and two together. You lose Brees. Like, I think that they have to. It just makes sense for them to open things up more and to go downfield more this year. And, I mean, Xavier gave me a lot more than Matt Campbell would when it comes to that. But I I don't think that that's talk after hanging out with X as long as I did yesterday and talking to him about it. In fact, he's he's really excited from a selfish standpoint. I think X believes that he's going to have a career year you know, going downfield. He also told me too. The one one little note is that this kid from Colorado, Dimitri Stanley. I I wouldn't be shocked if he's opposite of Hutchinson. Wow, starting at wide receiver. Uh, he's 
he's really fast. He may be the fastest guy on the team now. And with Jalen Knoll, you know, with his spot in the slot, like I, it, it kind of just feels to me like with 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 Decker's a totally different style here, and the, and you want that speed on the outside. So that for the team wise, that was the thing that I probably took away the most. Now there's one guy that I've heard this three times now, and then Campbell raved about him yesterday, and that's Darian Porter. The Iowa kid, I guess that he is at the point now where they they think that he's grown so much in the last couple of years. Mm. Like, they think he could be like an NFL-type prospect someday, which was good to hear. Uh, You like to hear that about a local kid and an Iowa kid. But he was the – that was the one name that I kind of circled that Campbell kept bringing him up. And I had heard that from a couple other guys in the program as well months ago. So I, you wonder what he's going to do to crack into the two deeps, and if he's playing that well, how they might use him. He was in the two deeps last year behind Hutchinson, was he not? So he's a defensive back now. He is. Mm. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. They moved. Yeah, they they moved him around, and they 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 freaking love him. So and he's tall, yeah. Chris. Right? I mean, this is a big kid. Yeah. No, they and he's fast. You know, we saw him state track at Iowa. It's, you know, in the state of Iowa and all that stuff, but they've they've been messing around with him, and they really, really like him. So maybe a guy to keep an eye on. I don't think he'll start, but I certainly think that you know, matchup wise, he's going to get a lot of playing time and watch him on special teams too. Uh, kid that intrigues me, of course, the linebackers took a hit, right? Vance is back, but I forgot about the uh, Colby Reader, who's what is he, twenty five or twenty six years old, but played a lot of football. This is his one and only uh, year at Iowa State. Uh, and um, he's one of these guys that, yeah, you see him uh, on the roster and you you kind of glance over and then the story comes back into your head. How big of an impact could he have on this defense? I think he'll start. Right? I think he'll start next to a Ryan Vance, and they they really like him. I mean, the, the one thing about him is apparently, and I, I don't know this, just going off of what Matt told me, but his defense in Delaware was almost identical to what Iowa State plays. So there's not much of a learning curve when it comes to that. And, I mean, do you guys know about his pedigree? I I mean, his brother right. plays for the Rams. Rams, yeah. Yeah, like – Won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and so, this, I mean, this kid comes from a football family, and they – I mean, Matt said he's basically been everything that they wanted him to be when they brought him in. I – he will start. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about it that he'll start at that linebacker spot, replacing Mike Rose. And, and I don't think he will probably. You know, I don't think there'll be much competition. I, he came in early, and he had a really good spring, apparently. And yeah, they're they're talking really highly about him. So put him next to Orion Vance, and I mean, that's a lot of guys. That's a, that's two guys who have played a lot of football. Maybe not at that level, but he's seen a ton of snaps. Hey, one question that uh, Ken and I were kicking back and forth. If it's going to be a year where they break back through, get back on the right side of things, probably going to win some close games. Special teams. What can you tell us about kicker or punter going into the year? I don't know anything. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is the one area. It's terrifying. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just history. Um, they've got open competitions for, for both. Um, and... Young guys who have not played at, at every spot. So, I mean, I think that, you know, there's guys, but until you – I feel like, you know, Connor Asali, like you probably look back 
at the end of this year and be like, man, he was pretty valuable. Even he wasn't perfect, man, he was pretty reliable when it came to those chip shot types, right? You didn't mm-hmm. you didn't miss out on a lot of that. But yeah, I I, I asked. So I, here's what's funny: I do the Athlon right up where we have to have the two deeps done in like April. Yeah, I had no idea. Like you, you know, you kind of go through the coaching staff on those things, like you know, with projections and whatnot. And I, I had no idea. Like, it's a total crapshoot when it comes to that. So that'll be we, – we will find out, I promise you, on k- kickoff against Simo, who's the punter and kicker for Iowa State, which is which is not good. Yeah, I, I agree with your analysis there, Trent. That's a team that's going to be playing in a lot of close games. So it's a bit terrifying, I won't lie. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, back on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show Thursday nights that will start uh, back up some point, I'm assuming, late August? Yeah, we're planning on it. Good. As long as KXNO will have me. Yeah, we're planning on it. <laughs> Pretty good chance that they will. Yes. Chris, uh, again, thanks for taking time a few minutes away from your family to do this for us. We appreciate it. Glad you're back from Dallas. Thanks for all the info, Chris. We'll talk to you uh, right. next week. Take care. There we go. Appreciate Listen that. to this, Chris, as we fade to break. It's, it's Karen and her brother, the Carpenters. Why do birds suddenly Listen to that voice. Oh, man. You missed out, brother. Going to see my grandma out of <laughs> See you later. Chris <laughs> Williams, see you, bud. Yeah, she had a tragic ending to her life. Yeah. I mean, anorexia just uh, completely um, overtook her. But, boy, she could sing. When were they? 60s? 70s? Early 70s, yeah. What's her brother's name? You don't know. Chuck. No. No clue. Richard? Richard Richard Carpenter? Mm. I'm digging way back. Yeah, you're going. Far reaches of my helmet. The 80s is good for me. 90s, I'm fine. 70s, a little more difficult. Uh, It's uh, 10 minutes before 11 or thereabouts. Karen and her brother Richard take us to break. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106 point. It's a long story, folks. 106.3 KXML. Media. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of uh, minutes here, the first hour of the program. Again, our thanks to Chris Williams, CycloneFanatic.com. A lot of good. Uh, uh, follow-up stories from Chris's a few days down in Dallas. Uh, Nick Olson will join us Monday. We'll get his perspective uh, on Big 12 Media Days as well. So there was a new line of questioning. Uh, you've covered Media Days. I've mm-hmm. covered in the past. So I don't think we've ever had this type of question come up before, but it's the here and now in the world we live in. Bajan Robinson, running back from Texas. Really good one. Yes, he is. Maybe the best running back in the country or on the list. Needs an offensive line in front of him, and they're spending to get one. <laughs> Well, he was asked at the, he was part of the Big 12 Media Days representing Texas, uh, this week in Dallas, and the line of questioning turned at some point came up. So, how do you like driving your Lamborghini? <laughs> I mean, that's the here and now, right? That's going to be part of questioning it, uh, cause he's got a, uh, one of his NILs is with a Lamborghini do- dealership. That's not a bad life. That's a pretty good gig. Eric Dickerson, he got a car, a Corvette. Did he get Gold. a Corvette or was it a Trans Am? Or maybe it was a Trans Am. Yeah, I think you're right. It was a Trans Am. I think it was a Trans Am. It was a beauty. In the day it was. Yes. In the day it was. He was ahead of his time. He or was. maybe he wasn't the only one either. No. Let's not kid ourselves. Not at all. But um yeah, some of these questions, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna be asked by, you know, 
some of the uh, media day. When's the who's next? SEC has got to be next week. It's coming up, yeah. Because they're usually first. They are. They have. They've the been yeah. in the past. They're normally first, so I would think that they probably go next week. Um, so the ramp up the starts foot- Monday. Starts Monday, yes. and it's a four day event, is it not? So this is what the SEC does. Monday, you get three coaches: mm-hmm. Brian Kelly at LSU, good one; Lane Kiffin, oh yeah, and Eli Drinkwitz. Okay, it was pretty good at Missouri. I like Missouri. I the guys got a chance. Yes. Tuesday, we get Saban, Leach. Shane Beamer and Clark Lee at Vandy. Not many people going to be around the table there. No, Saban will be, uh, yeah, he'll be busy. Wednesday is Arkansas Sam Pittman, Billy Napier at Florida, Kirby Smart, and Mark Stoops. Uh-huh. And then you finish it off with Jimbo, along with Brian Harson and Josh Heupel. Too bad Jimbo and Saban weren't on the same day. Just stretching that thing out. No, they are. They Four days. Milk it. And you look at They're going to dominate. You got to get there Sunday. So uh-huh. media members get their hotel rooms. And, and the amount and, and of where is it? There. What part of Alabama is it? Is That's usually in Alabama, I think. It's been, they bounced around a little bit. But uh, this year, it is at the Omni Hotel in Atlanta. Okay. Well, good stuff. All a right. A bit bigger. Uh, we will come back and head right to Las Vegas. Our friend Mike Palm will join us. From Circus Sports. He'll kick off the hour. Uh, Tom Cakert is part of it. Speaking of NIL, Iowa is going to announce theirs next Thursday. Pretty big press conference next Thursday at the Marriott uh, in Iowa City. This is the one that has the coaches back. Yes, that, that, that everybody's going to share equally. The punter for Texas doesn't have a Lamborghini. The running back does. Yeah. Our, right. Uh, Claxon's a part of it as well. Miller and Co.